just reading. I listen to these over and over again. You, you, like I said, text me if you don't know where the website is. I'll show you where the website is because, you know, what's funny? These things are on you on. Uh, they're not YouTube, but they're on. Uh, they're in iTunes. You can just search search iTunes. Look for Richard uh, Adair uh, sermons, whatever, or Hampton Cove Church. You'll find. It. Okay, Chronicles. Let's see. Let me let me back up just a second here. Let's look at this overview again. Here's your index, your Bible. It's, it's really neat. Like we say, Genesis to Revelation, beginning to end, and just a little bit of look. Your, your own understanding will figure this out yourself. But if you want to look at some cool things, look at Young Earth Evidence, and it'll really get you excited. It's not like, well, we found one thing. No, everything is. All the voices out there, except for the, you know, the atheists and those who believe in you know, evolution, they... See, one of the cool, DNA, DNA ruined evolution because the DNA, remember, it's our code, brown eyes, blue eyes, whatever, all, it just depends on which way that code is. Well, there ain't no monkey eyes in there. There never was. You can't add data to that string. And so now the ones they backed up that still believe in evolution, they go, well, okay, they agree that all the fossil records and everything out there, it all just happened. So they're just, oh, hello, that's what we know. It happened, but we have a creator and it happened less than 10,000 years ago, really 6,000 years ago. Okay, anyway, so we know what happened in Genesis, uh, complete history there, and of course in Exodus. I like to think of the E being Egypt, or X, Exodus, it is. Remember, you, you might hear people say, man, it was a va- there was a vast, a mass Exodus. Oh, oh, it's because people, we grew up around Sunday school. Our, the English language has, you know, it's just embedded with uh, stuff about history. Anyway, come on down here, all this is just, is truly historic. All this lined up perfectly historical. Anyway, when they got out, of, they got to the promised land. Remember that? We've heard in our society, well, that guy will never get you to the promised land. Why do you say that? It's because there must have been a story about the promised land. Milk and honey, all that stuff. Yeah, this was a story. They got there and it didn't last long. And guess what? Moses told them, your days will be short there in Deuteronomy. Remember, it's just a speech. Deuteronomy is a speech. Recapping what happened between here and here. And then Moses dies. Okay, anyway, he gets in the, uh, so Joshua goes in the promised land, and boy, for 10 years, they wiped everybody out. It was wonderful. And then it went downhill. They lost it. Then all of a sudden, these kings start popping up because uh, the people of Israel wanted a king. Samuel was a prophet during these days. You know, that's why it's called, you have a book, First and Second Samuel. Well, in First Samuel 17 is when David kills Goliath, and all of a sudden, he's... The, the king, King Saul, is wanting to kill David because everybody loves David now. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And Saul is just vivid. But Saul, in the story, was already kicked out from the Lord because he wouldn't obey him. And God had already handpicked David. So guess what? At the end of 1 Samuel, the chase is over with. Uh, Saul does not kill David, but Saul gets killed, and his son Jonathan gets killed, who was best friends with David. And anyway, David takes over in 2 Samuel, and he's there all the way. It's, it's all of 2 Samuel, 20-something chapters, if not more. I think it's 20-something. It's all about David. Well, he loves the Lord. You can see what he did. You know, all the problems that came to him, whatever. Then notice this, First and Second Kings. It's just two volumes, volume one, volume two. Wonder who the first king would have been. Saul, and then it picks up with David, and there's a lot of stuff about David. And uh, then in 2 Kings, uh, uh, it's starting to pick up with uh, some more of the kings. There was about 22, 23 of them until Nebuchadnezzar wiped them all out. I mean, wiped out the last one and 
Then the stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which notice this. That would have been, see, that's Ezra and Nehemiah they, and Esther. These three books here, they came back from slavery. So they were only gone to Nebuchadnezzar for 70 years. Uh, then you have, uh, oh, let's see, it's Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Uh, that's, th- this is stuff from Solomon wrote this. Solomon wrote this, Song of Solomon, yeah. Then Isaiah and Isaiah, these guys will tell you when they were prophesying during these years of these kings, which king it was. But anyway, uh, so uh, so uh, so this is not this part right here. There's uh, there's just a little bit. Uh, there's some stuff in in Jeremiah, but still happened in this time frame right here. And so some people say that uh, when the last king died here, uh, you know they, they call it the silent years. There was really no silent years. It was not three hundred years, and all of a sudden, boom! Jesus shows up. wasn't very far. And he's, we call him king of kings, lord of lords, and all this kind of stuff. And remember, he kept talking about the kingdom of God. And even the people were like, they were going to take him at once and make him king. But Jesus went up on the mountain and hid himself from him. That's not the king. He was going to be a king, but that's not the king we needed. Because that would have been just a temporary king. He would have lived and died like the rest of them. And Jesus, out of, out of the blue, dies on a cross. And then he disappears. Where did he go? Well, it's because he bought salvation for us with his own blood. Okay, so here we are right in the middle of this again. I want to go here to, uh, I'm going to do a, the same little update here in First Chronicles. Just to get us to where we are with the 15th king. The 15th king was, I just counted them. You could count them. So it was, it, it was, it's Hezekiah. But anyway, First Chronicles chapter 1. Notice why they would even call this book Chronicles. Look at this. Oh. Uh, uh, let me back up, get into it. Here you go. These are the earliest generations of mankind. <laughs> no, they're right, aren't they? Adam, Seth, Enish, Kenan. Boy, here they are. The geni- There's Methuselah, Lamech, boom, Noah. Noah's three kins. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know it's not, but I'm just saying they're low, uh, well, Larry, Curly, and Moe. <laughs> you know, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It was those three guys. The sons of Japheth. He starts, so they got these lines. You know, they kept track of who they were. Now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Let's go to the second chapter. The sons of Israel. Woo, now we've jumped all the way to Abraham. Let's keep going. Look at this history. Judah had three sons by Bathsheba, a girl from Canaan. Well, where do they know all that stuff from? History. Ah, by the third chapter, we got King David's oldest son was Ammon. Wow, so we've sped ahead pretty fast. And he had another son named Absalom. Remember that? Remember that? That's the one who tried to overthrow his dad. Anyway, it goes back and starting is talking about the sons of Judah. These are Abraham's kids. Let's keep going. Look at that. Israel had the, the, the oldest son, Reuben. Israel was Reuben, but since he dishonored honored his father by what? Don't put that in there. It's history. It happened. He messing around with his dad's wife. Look at that. His dad got so mad, he took the birthright from him, gave it to his half-brother. Now, who is that? Coat of many colors. That's the Joseph, you know. Notice this, although Joseph received the birthright, yet Judah was a powerful and influential tribe in Israel. Uh, Okay, and from Judah came a prince. Wait a minute. How many thousands of years was it? uh, Let's see, this was was probably written about 800 years before what? Jesus. Look at that phrase. They didn't say, well, let's wait till Jesus gets here and we'll say, "Mm mm-mm, there it was. Anyway, let's skip ahead. Let's see what happens in the sixth chapter. These, no, oh, here's, here's what it is. These sons of, of uh, Jacob. Remember, there's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 12 kids. That's what these 12 tribes are. Levi and then Issachar. That's one of Benjamin. Uh, anyway, look at this. 
the family tree of every person of Israel was carefully recorded. See, if this is a lie, John 3, 16 is a lie. Jesus is a lie. You know. No. Wow. Carefully recorded in the annals of the kings of Israel. That's why these kings are so cool that we look at. Okay. Judah was exiled to Babylon. Hello, Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fiery furnace, Daniel, and lions then. Because the people worshipped idols. You know, if you stick with Jesus, you are fine. He'll take care of your ups and downs. Just don't trade gods. Don't ever trade gods. Okay. Anyway, let's skip ahead. Just titles here. The 10th chapter. The Philistines. Okay, here we are. We're catching up now. The Philistines attacked the Israeli troops. What we're going to find out here is, uh, yeah, there it is, Saul. So see how we jumped ahead now, and now we're talking about Saul. And so Saul was hard-pressed with heavy fighting. This is the one... Remember, David worked for Saul, and Saul was mad at David. <laughs> anyway, when the Philistines uh, archers shot and wounded him, he cried out to his bodyguard, quick, kill me. Okay, and this is the story, and uh, bodyguard was afraid to do it, so Saul just fell on his own sword. Let's see if it picks up with David here. Uh, Saul died for, dis look at that, for disobedience to the Lord because he consulted a medium and did not ask for the Lord's guidance. Isn't that something? You mean, Jesus, if I ask you, will you help me? Yes! Just try it. He will help you. So the Lord killed him, gave the kingdom to David. Wow. All right. The 11th chapter. Here's David. And from here on out, let's just watch the heading. David, 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 uh, David, David. Wow. And these are great stories. And they're all in sequential order. David, David. Uh, there, something happened there. You can read this. That's a great story there. It's where David found out, I'm going to build a temple here. Okay, David, he's an old, look at this, he's an old guy now. And he's going to appoint uh, Solomon to be king, okay. Uh, let's see, and it gives a little history about who was there at that time. All right, and here's some instructions about the temple. They're going to get, it, they're going to get, get this thing built. Not David, but his son will. And then we're fixing to be at the end of, uh, of, of Chronicles here. No, still David, David, David. Notice this is a speech he tells the entire folks. He said, Solomon, my son, he's going to be the next king. He's young and inexperienced, but the Lord's going to help him build this temple. You guys help him. Here we are, 2 Chronicles. So now 2 Chronicles, here's, this is going to be Solomon, 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 Solomon. This is the temple's getting built. Man, this is the prayer. If my people humble themselves, he finished praying. Good grief, fire flashed down from heaven. Mercy, burned up to sacrifices. So Solomon... And then now it's 20 years, he's still king, Queen of Sheba. Remember she came, Jesus mentioned this, the Queen of Sheba came down to see Solomon. Anyway, all right, here we go, that's the end of it. Let's see what happened to the Mr. Solomon here, end of it. Uh, let's see, the rest of Solomon's biography was written in Nathan the prophet, in the prophecies of, so boy, wow, some other folks had records. He reigned for 40 years, then he died, and his son Rehoboam was king. All right, here we go, just quickly, I just want you to see the names. There's Rehoboam. Rehoboam again, he had about three chapters there. Then Abijah. Abijah was buried. His son Asa, now King Asa. Uh, let's see, let's see, it's Asa still, Asa still, because Asa. And then there was Jehoshaphat. Asa and Jehoshaphat were, were two good kings. They tried to, they tried to uh, worship the Lord. Uh, Jehoshaphat's got several chapters here. Then Jehoshaphat dies. Let's see, his son Jehoram, and he was horrible. <laughs> He worshipped idols. Okay, that's the same name there. His youngest son, anyway. There's the next, next king, next king, uh, 23. We're actually going to get to 33, and that's what we're going to pick up here. So now we got Joash. Then there's Amaziah. Look at this. Here's Uzziah. 
And then there's Jotham. And then there's Ahaz and Hezekiah. We just finished it. Hezekiah had like three chapters here. A great king. I mean, absolutely was great. And it's because they, they cleaned up the temple and they started uh, loving the Lord. Now, here we are. Chapter 33. Manasseh's passed away. I mean, excuse me. Uh, Hezekiah's passed away. Manasseh, his son. Now, Manasseh was only 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years. That's a long time. Well, it wasn't because he was such a hot shot. Okay, watch this. But it was an evil reign for he encouraged the people to sass their mamas, smoke cigarettes, and drink. No, they worshiped the idols of the heathen nations. Man, destroyed by the Lord when the people of Israel entered the land. He rebuilt the heathen altars that his father, Hezekiah, had destroyed. They just had a national campaign to get rid of all these stupid idols and everything. They had a sun god in the temple. They had, it was horrible. They cleaned all that stuff out. And now, Hezekiah's son, can you believe it? Hezekiah had to be turned over in his grave. I knew this kid was going to not serve the Lord. Anyway, the altars of Baal, the shame images, and see, and of the sun and the moon and the stars. He even constructed heathen altars in both courts of the temple. God, you talk about blasphemous. Good grief. Yeah, we have the table of the Lord over here, the Holy of Holies. Oh, let's make a new one over here to some cow. Let's worship this cow. No way. In the very place where the Lord said he would be honored forever. Wow. You know, we can come boldly to the throne of grace, and he's always honored forever. You're welcome in there. Anyway, Manasseh, look at that. Sacrificed his own children as burnt offerings in the valley of Hinnom. He consulted with spirit mediums. Oh, I see it now. And fortune tellers and sorcerers and encouraged every sort of evil, making the Lord very angry. Now, I understand what Huntsville's doing. I've been down to the ghost walks, but I was rolling my eyes when she said this. We hired a professional uh, medium. I'm going, oh my God. But they do that for fun, whatever. And they said, when she was here, the medium said, because she's feeling the brick. I see she was wearing a, a red dress. She was, and she's crying. And this is H.T. Bagley. No, H.T. Bagley. Reeves. What are Reeves? Reeves Daughters. I know her, but it's funny. And they got to do it for show. But that's where you get in trouble. Sorcerers, look at it, encouraged every sort of evil, making the Lord very angry. Remember the Lord said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Think of it. Look at this. He placed an idol in the very temple of God. This is a beautiful place that Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, excuse me, that Solomon had built. Where God told David and his son, I will be honored in this temple in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen to be honored forever above all cities of Israel. The same place where Jesus ran through with a whip. Ran all, turned all the tables over. It had been rebuilt by then. And if you will only obey my commands and laws, and this was not hard. Look at this. I won't ever exile Israel from this land which I gave your ancestors. But look what this idiot does. But remember, you can actually, just for fun, you can actually say that's you. Let's watch what happens to you if you pull this off. Because you're not going to believe what this guy does. Remember, he sacrificed his kids. He encouraged the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more than the, than the nations the Lord destroyed when Israel entered the land. We already heard that. Said it again. Warnings from the Lord were, issued, were ignored by both Manasseh and the people. See, the prophets would keep coming up saying, hey, guys, you better, better back off of this. Isaiah 
was present at this time. And we were talking about the streaker or whatever. Isaiah, you can read it for yourself in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was told by the Lord one morning, take your clothes off and walk through town. <laughs> Beg your pardon, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I need you to walk naked downtown Jerusalem. So man, so Isaiah strips down to nothing and he's walking through town. And know what he's saying? This is what's going to happen to you for not serving the Lord. The Assyrian army's coming and they're going to haul you off naked. And that's what happened. Wow. But they ignored all this. Well, here it is. So God sent the Assyrian armies and seized him with hooks and bound him with chains and carted him off away to Babylon. Now, this is not even Nebuchadnezzar. This is, this is probably 150 years. It's probably 100 years before that happens. Look at verse 12. Then at last. This is so great. If you're praying for your kids, because remember Hezekiah, this was Hezekiah's son. And you know he had to be praying for his kids while he was alive. He at last came to his senses. Look at this. Cried out humbly to God for help. Well, it's too late. You done sacrificed your kids. Well, you're not going to be in the Baptist church anymore. Absolutely not. Especially since you've been divorced. You know, Especially since your kids are on crack. Especially because this and that. And you had a child out of wedlock. It's hopeless. Wait a minute. And the Lord listened and answered his plea by returning him to Jerusalem and his kingdom. Now, God did that to Nebuchadnezzar, too. And he wasn't even a Jew. Look at this. At that point, Manasseh finally realized that the Lord was really God. And as you know, in your life and my life, we've had that moment. I remember I had that when I was about 16. I thought, you know what? <laughs> I, think, I think Jesus is the way to go from here on out. It was after this he rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David from the west, from the wall from the west to the spring of Gihon and the Kidron Valley, and then to the fish gate. Sounds like somebody wrote this down, didn't it? They did. And Citadel Hill, where it was built very high, and he stationed his army generals in the fortified cities of Judah. He also removed the ah, oh, there you go. He removed the foreign gods. We've had enough of this. <laughs> from the hills, took his idol from the temple. Way to go! Tore down the altars he had built on the mountains where the temple stood, and the altars that were in Jerusalem and dumped them outside the city. Boy, has his life changed? Yeah. Wow. And you sit there today. I mean, we can. I can do it just as well as you can. And condemn yourself silly. Oh, I just, I, my, what I've done years ago, I just, I don't ever see how the Lord could help me. It's not about you. Anyway, he'll help you. Then he rebuilt the altar of the Lord, offered sacrifices upon it, peace offerings and thank offerings, and demanded that the people of Judah worship the Lord God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed on the hills. Oh, that was okay, but only to the Lord their God. The rest of Manasseh's deeds, look at this and how they highlight it, and his prayer and God's reply to the prophets. In other words, getting him out from the Assyrians. This was all written in the annals of the kings of Israel. His prayer and the way God answered, look at this, and a frank account of his Sins and errors, including a list of the locations where he built, uh, where, uh, where he built idols. In the hills, and the, sh- the shame idols, the graven image. Of course, this was before. Look at that. The great change in his attitude. Praise God. There, he said, they're recorded. They're recorded. That one says recorded in that book of the prophets. Okay. Now, when Manasseh died, guess what? His son's like, hey, like daddy, like son. <laughs> he didn't make it but two years. Anyway, Manasseh died. He was buried in his own palace. And his son Ammon became king. Ammon was 22 years old when he began to reign. But he only lasted for two years. 
Now remember, every one of these is a, is a descendant. This would be 18 granddaddies from David. Okay? Or 16 if you count granddaddy and great-granny. Whatever. Ammon was 22 years old when he began to reign. Uh, let's see. He only lasted two years. Look what it says. He was an evil, it was an evil reign like the early years of his dad. For Ammon sacrificed to the idols just like his dad did. He didn't change as his dad did. You know, there's, thank God we can change. Anyway, he didn't change. As, he didn't change. Instead, he sinned more and more. And look at that. Oh, at last. Ooh, wow. His own officers assassinated him. You know, they're probably like, hey, look, we ain't going back to the old ways anymore. They took him out. But anyway, some publicly spirited citizens, all of those who, no, they killed all those who assassinated his dad. And notice this, they declared his own son, Josiah. You may have heard of this guy. Here he is. He was a great one. He loved the Lord. See, notice, good reign. He was only eight years old. We've already had an eight-year-old start out, or he's seven years old. That was mm, Joash, yeah. Anyway. He was eight-year-old when he became king, chapter 34 of Second Chronicles. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He was a, it was a good reign. He carefully followed the example of his ancestor, King David. So this is, so, do you see it's not like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, you do. Now, in this, watch for this story. They have to clean up the temple, and while they're cleaning it up, clean, 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 all of a sudden, what's that under there? The Bible. <laughs> we got so many Bibles, it's ridiculous, you know. They didn't even know where one was. And when they pulled it out, they go, whew, we need to take this to Josiah. <laughs> and they, they read it. They weren't like, oh, it's going to take us forever. None of this takes forever. Cup of coffee and a little bit, you can read the law real quick. And, and get it in your language so you won't have to go, the, the whoest and the thouest. <laughs> get that like this. This is why this is so good. Watch what happened. He was Okay, for when he was 16 years old in the eighth year of his reign, he began to search for the God of his ancestor, David. Thank the Lord. Four years later, uh, he began to uh, clean up Judah and Jerusalem, destroying the heathen altars and the shame. Man, he said, okay, we're going to get rid of every stupid idol. There's nothing but Jesus going to be around here. We're going to worship God. Look at that. He went out personally to watch the altars of Baal were knocked down. See, that's where people were throwing their kids to the fire. The altars chopped down in shame idols, ground into dust, and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed them. Then he burned the bones of the heathen priest upon their own altars, feeling that this action would clear the people of Judah and, their, and Jerusalem from their guilt of their sin of idol worship. Then he went to the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon. Remember, those are three of Jacob's kids. They're just tribes. Okay, It's like Chicksaw, Chocksaw, whatever, Cherokee. And even to distant Naphtali <clears throat> with the same thing there. He broke down the heathen altars, ground to powder the shame idols, chopped down the obelisks. He did this everywhere throughout the whole land of Israel. Wow. Now remember at the same time he's doing this, he's teaching them about the Lord. So they're catching on. Here we go. During the 18th year, <laughs> this is such a good story, of his reign. Remember when did he start? He started at an 8-year-old. So now he's uh, 8 and 8 and he's 26. <laughs> After he purged and cleaned up the situation in the temple, he appointed Shaphan, the son of Elias, and anyway, governor of Jerusalem, and Joah, son of Joash, the city treasurer, to repair the temple. Apparently it was a mess, yeah. The money collected at the temple gates by the Levites on guard, uh, on guard duty that, uh, there. Okay. Gifts were brought to the people coming from these places, Manasseh and Ephraim and other parts of the remnants of Israel. 
Those are tribes. Yeah, I, I see the name Manasseh, but that's that that the king prior to this, well, two kings, remember it was Manasseh and Ammon. Manasseh was just named after that group. Anyway, the money was taken to Hilkiah, the high priest. If you ever read Jeremiah, the first verse, Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, the priest. That's where Jeremiah came from. Well, they brought it to the high priest for accounting, and they used the Levites to pay the carpenters and the stonemasons for purchasing building materials. Stone blocks, timber, lumber, beams. What happened? It looked like a mess. It certainly didn't look as beautiful as Solomon had it. He now rebuilt what the earlier kings of Judah had torn down. Yeah, see those other dummies? Tore it down. There was gold all over that place. All right, here we go. The workmen were energetic under the leadership of Japheth and Obadiah. Levites of the subclan. Here's all their clans. Okay, Zechariah of the... Anyway, subclan. Notice how you got the details. They were the building superintendents. The Levites, look at this. Look at this. The Levites were skilled musicians and they played background music while the work progressed. Cool. They were probably like we do. We're eating donuts back there and back here, Alan Jackson singing, you know, we'll all, well, whatever. I'll fly away, oh, glory, whatever. <laughs> hey, it keeps us reminded of where we're heading, you know. Hand me some more mortar there. Yeah, I'll fly away. That's good. I remember laying brick with my dad and stuff, and he'd be singing hymns. Only trust him. Anyway. Other Levites superintended the unskilled laborers who carried the material to the workmen. Still others. Well, look how the history. This is history, history, history. You know, if Paul and I wrote this thing, we would screw up somewhere. But why would we add all this detail? We'd say, ah, well, they just put it all back together. No, this is history. Here it goes. Watch this. One day, when Hilkiah the high priest was at the temple recording the money collected at the gates, he found an old scroll. Uh-oh. That turned out to be the laws of God as given to Moses. Now, let's just let this shock us for a moment. Why didn't they have one? That's how far they had gotten away from God. But at least they had some concept knowing that, you know, I think at one time he said, don't have any other idols before. <laughs> and I think that's probably what angered the Lord. Now they could read it. Oh my gosh. So that's what happened. Uh, it turned out to be the laws of God as given to Moses. See, we have it backwards. Some people think, oh yeah, Moses, Moses. It was given to Moses. Moses didn't make any of this stuff up. Look, see the excitement? Hilkiah exclaimed to Shaphan, the king's secretary. See what I found in the temple? These are the laws of God. Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan and Shaphan took it to the king. Watch what happened. King said, oh, I ain't got time for this. Oh, <laughs> he took it to the king along with his report that there was good progress being made in the construction of the temple. The money chest had been opened and counted. The money has been put in the hand of the overseers and the workmen. He said to the king, here we go. Then he mentioned the scroll, how Hilkiah had discovered it. So he read it. Oh, that's going to take forever. Oh, my God. Read the Bible. Oh, God. Mm -mm. He read it. When the king heard what these, these laws required of God's people, he ripped his clothing. What'd you just read there? Boy, he, in, in despair, he summoned Hilkiah. That's the high priest, remember? Ahinakam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, these guys, Shaphan the treasurer, and Asi, the king's personal aide, go to the temple. Look, <laughs> he said, man, let's go hit our knees. Go to the temple and plead for the Lord. Look at that. For me. He knew he was toast. And he'd been trying to do the right thing. See, Nebuchadnezzar, God had said, 
I'm going to raise up another nation to wipe out Israel because of what y'all have done. The king told them, pray for the remnant of Israel and Judah. For this scroll says, that's the reason God's great anger has been poured out upon us. And our ancestors that have not obeyed the laws that were written there. Remember, his dad was hauled off. He probably saw it. His dad was hauled off by the Assyrians. But he got to come back. And then, well, actually, his granddad. And he saw his dad live only two years. So the men went to, look at this. Ain't supposed to be no women having anything to do with the Bible. Mm-mm. Well, what's this? So the men went to Hulda, we'll call her Hilda, the prophetess. I'm not listening to a woman. The wife of Shalom, the son of Tokath, the son of... She had to be there, wasn't she? Shalom was the king's tailor living in the second war. Another point here was if, if we were making this stuff up, we couldn't do this because nobody's going to believe it if we put a woman in here because women were like cows back in those days. Okay. When they told her of the king's trouble, she replied, look at this. Now remember, they've humbled themselves. You can, you can count on this. David wrote in his songs and the Psalms all the time, mercy of the Lord, you know, uh, thy loving kindness is better than life. Lord, have mercy. And in the book of Acts, when Peter's preaching, he says, all those who ask for mercy shall be saved. Praise God. That's what I'm going to do. Mercy, help. Anyway. When they told her of the king's trouble, she replied, The Lord God of Israel says, Tell the man who sent you, Yes, the Lord will destroy this city and its people. Well, why is that going to happen? Well, God said so in Deuteronomy 28. All these curses written in the scroll, that meant they must have read 28. For my people have forsaken me and worshipped heathen gods. I'm very angry with them for their deeds. Therefore, my unquenchable wrath is poured out upon this place. Now, remember what Jesus said, talking to Nicodemus, when he said, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he said, those who believe on the Lord, he says, he says the wrath of God abides on people who don't believe in Jesus. It's just, you're just destined for wrath. But when you believe in Jesus, you're not appointed to it. Anyway, watch this. This is mercy. Therefore, my unquenchable wrath is poured out upon this place. But... The Lord says to say this to the king of Judah, who sent you to ask me. Tell him, the Lord God of Israel says, because you are sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord. I wonder if we can do that. (laughs) Absolutely. You can live this way all your life. Because you have heard my words against this city and ripped your clothes in despair and wept before me. I heard you, says the Lord. And I will not send the promised evil upon this city and its people until after your death. Wow. So they brought back to the king this word from the Lord. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. Oh, by the way, this is King who? This is Josiah. There ain't but three left. (laughs) And they're gone to King Nebuchadnezzar. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel and the lions then. I mean, it's going down fast. But it ain't going to happen for Josiah. Then the king summoned all the elders of Israel. Look what he said to do. And the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. I ain't got time for that Jesus stuff. Yes, you do. You better. Look what he does to accompany him to the temple. Well, the king says, it's like we say at work. The general's going to talk. We have an all-hands meeting. Okay, we've got an all-hands meeting. And you've got to be there. All of his people are in there, and the general starts talking to us. That's what's happening. The king stood before them, and he made a play. Uh, let's see. No, I'll back up. There, the king, we just don't have time for this. Yes, we do. It goes fast we got other places in the Bible where it said they stood there and they heard the law from sunup to sundown. That's in Nehemiah. 
or it could be Ezra, whatever. There the king read the scroll to them, the covenant of God that was found in the temple. As the king stood before them, he made a pledge to the Lord to follow his commandments with all his heart and soul and do what's written in the scroll. And he required everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin to subscribe to this pact with God. Everybody just, all right, everybody stand to your feet and come forward. <laughs> Shake hands with the preacher if you agree. Okay, all right. He required everyone in, okay, we already read that. Let's see. So Josiah removed all the idols occupied by the Jews and required all of them to worship Jehovah their God. Throughout the remainder of his lifetime, they continued serving Jehovah and the God of their ancestors. Wonder what happened. Well, we just saw in previous chapters, they had so much money, didn't know what to do with it. They were blessed like crazy. Wow. We're not going to do this because it goes quick here. Uh, uh, how many verses is it? It's tw- it's, uh, it, it goes to 26. Well, we'll get, get part of it. Watch this. Josiah announced that the Passover would be celebrated. Remember that fake thing? <laughs> Wasn't fake. On the first day of April... The Passover lambs were slain that evening. He reestablished the priests to their duties, encouraged them to begin their work at the temple. Where had they been? Well, they were worshiping idols. Now they're getting back. Anyway, in the sanctified Levites, the religious leaders, in other words, get ready. Notice he says, since the ark is now in Solomon's temple, you don't need to carry it back and forth on your shoulders. Spend your time ministering to the, uh, I think it's to the needs of the uh, Levites or something. I mean, the rest of the, yeah, to the Lord and his people. Form yourself in the service corps. Like David said, do, I'm paraphrasing here. Each corps will assist in the particular clans of the people, bringing their offerings to the temple. Kill the Passover lambs and sanctify yourself. Okay. Uh, they did all this according to what the Lord said through Moses. Then the king contributed 30,000 lambs. This was great. I mean, they're going to have this Passover and they had to get their lambs together. The king just said, I'm going to provide 30,000. Young goats for the people's Passovers. 3,000 bulls. Now, I want you to see how this worked, because you had dinner there. Watch it work. The king's officials made willingly, willing contributions to the priests and Levites. Now, there were all the generals who were like, here, take this, take this, take this, add this to it. Hilkiah, Zechariah, the overseers of the temple, gave the priests 2,600 sheep. The, the, even the high priest said, hey, I got some sheep. Let's help these people out. Okay. Uh, as Passover offerings, the Levite uh, leaders, Conan, Shemaiah, Nathan, and his brothers, and they list them. They gave 5,000. Boy, everybody was saying, hey, I got you covered. I'm going to bring you a lamb. Use this lamb for your Passover. When everything was organized, in other words, they haven't done it yet. The priests were standing in their places. The Levites formed in their service corps as the king had instructed. Then the Levites killed the Passover lambs. Boy, this was like all 30,000. Man, they presented the body, the blood to the priest who sprinkled it upon the altar like he was supposed to. Remember Jesus' blood? That was the purpose of all this. It was to uh, show what Jesus did for us. Uh, then they piled up the carcasses of each tribe to present its own burnt offering to the Lord as written in the law of Moses. They did the same with the oxen. Then as directed by the, uh, uh, by the laws of Moses, uh, there's, remember you're supposed to eat this thing. They roasted the Passover lambs, boiled by the holy offerings. Watch this. I think these are good Baptists. Now, if you're a Methodist, okay, we'll call it Methodist too. Watch this. This is all happening right here. They're all, remember there's gatekeepers back over there that are, they're going, I sure wish I had a little. All of a sudden, somebody said, hey, we brought this to you. Watch this. Afterwards, the Levites prepared a meal for themselves and for the priests. Okay, they, anyway, they got the food out to the people. Then they gave it all to the Levites. They were been too busy. 
all morning until night. Look at this. The singers were in their places. They followed instructions issued centuries earlier by King David, you know, and Asaph and Heman and Judith, the king's prophet, the gatekeeper. Here it is. The gatekeepers guarded the gate and didn't need to leave their post for duty for their meals were brought to them by their brothers. He go, what's this? It's the Passover. Oh, thank you, sir. They were brought to them by their Levite brothers. The entire Passover ceremony, look at this, was completed in that one day. All the burnt offerings were sacrificed upon the altar as the Lord of the altar of the Lord as Josiah had instructed. Everyone present in Jerusalem took part of the Passover observance, and this was followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread for the next seven days. Look at that. Never since <laughs> you can see what happened here. What happened? Never since the time of Samuel, the prophet, that's when David started. Had there been such a Passover, not one of the kings in Israel could be with King Josiah in this respect, involving so many priests and Levites and the people from Jerusalem. Well, his granddaddy had a pretty doggone good one. Solomon had a pretty good one. Asa had a pretty good one. This one topped it all. This all happened in the 18th year of his reign. Well, real quickly, notice this. This is when he passes away. Afterward, King Necho of Egypt led his army to Carchemish on the Euphrates River. Josiah declared war on him. King Necho sent ambassadors to, to Josiah with this message. I don't want to fight you. I'm trying to fight the Assyrians. O King Judah, I've come not to fight. Uh, I have come only to fight the power with which I am at war. Ah, hang on. He sent ambassadors. Okay, I don't want to fight with you, O King of Judah. I have come only to fight the power with which I am at war. Leave me alone. God has told me to hurry. Don't meddle with God or he'll destroy you for he is with me. Now that, apparently that was so. He wasn't after Josiah, but Josiah wanted to come after him. But Josiah refused to turn back. Instead, he led his army in there. Oh, in the, bat in the battle of Medigo, Megiddo, he laid his royal robes aside. He was kind of incognito, so nobody would recognize him. Look at this. Josiah refused to believe that Necho's message was from God. Mm, kind of had to think. He had the warning and just didn't pay any attention. The enemy archers struck King Josiah with their arrows fatally, wounding him. Take me out of the battle, he exclaimed to his age. So they lifted him out of his chariot and placed him in his second chariot. He had two cars and brought him back to Jerusalem where he died. He was buried in the royal cemetery and all Jude and Jerusalem, including even. Remember how these books integrate? Besides that, Jeremiah's dad was Hezekiah. I mean, it was, what do we call him? Uh, whatever, his, his name we just mentioned a few minutes ago. Hilkiah, that's what it was. Okay, the prophet mourned for him. And, and look at the, even the choirs got them teary-eyed. To this day, they still sing songs about his death. For, for these songs of sorrow were recorded among the official lamentations. The other activities of Josiah, his deeds, and how he followed the laws of the Lord are all written in the annals of the kings of Israel, Judah. Praise the Lord. Wow. You know, like I say, we only got three more kings, and that's the end of them. Then it's like, what's up? And all of a sudden, Jesus is going to show up. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We can see that, wow, he's, <laughs> you can either serve the Lord or not. But Lord, we serve you. And so, Lord, if we're not feeling good in our bodies, we know you'll take care of that. Praise God. Hezekiah was told he wouldn't get well. He wasn't going to get well, but you made him well anyway. So, Lord, if we're hurting, you'll, you'll fix our bodies. And if it's financial, you'll fix that too. And if it's some other great problem, whatever it is, doesn't matter. You'll help us because you're our God. And we need your help, Lord. That doesn't leave anything left but for us to leave great details like we see here written in Second Chronicles and in the Bible about what great things you've done for your people. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Okay, wow. Well, we covered some territory. Yeah. Hallelujah.